Chinese unrest over lockdown upends global economic outlook. So growing protests in the world's biggest manufacturing nation add a new element of uncertainty atop the Ukraine war and energy crisis and inflation. And this article is by the New York Times. The swelling protests against severe pandemic restrictions in China, the world's second largest economy, are injecting a new element of uncertainty and instability into the global economy when nations are already struggling to manage the fallout from a war in Ukraine, an energy crisis, and painful inflation. For years, China has served as the world's factory in a vital engine of global growth and turmoil there cannot help but ripple elsewhere. Analysts warn that more unrest could further slow the production and distribution of integrated circuits, machine parts, household appliances, and more. It may also encourage companies in the United States and Europe to disengage from China and more quickly diversify their supply chains. Millions of China's citizens have chafed under a tight lockdown for months as the Communist Party seeks to overcome the spread of the COVID-19 virus, three years after its emergence. Anger turned to widespread protest after an apartment fire last week killed 10 people, and comments on social media questioned whether the lockdown had prevented their escape. It is unclear whether the demonstrations flaring across the country will be quickly snuffed out, or erupt into broader resistance to the iron rule of its top leader, Xi Jinping. But so far, the most significant economic damage stems from the lockdown. The biggest economic hit is coming from the zero-COVID policies, said Carl Weinberg, chief economist at High Frequency Economics, a research firm. I don't see the protests themselves being a game-changer. The world will still turn to China for what it makes best and cheapest, he added. Asked how the Biden administration assessed the economic fallout from the latest unrest, John Kirby, coordinator for strategic communications at the National Security Council, said Monday, we don't see any particular impact right now to the supply chain. But here's the thing. What people don't even understand is just how embedded China is to basically every single country's supply chain, right? There are so many countries that rely on China, which is scary, okay? So concerns about the economic impact of the spreading unrest in China nonetheless appear to be partly responsible for decline in the world markets. The S&P 500 index closed 1.5% lower, while the dollar, often a haven in turbulent times, turbulent times moved higher. Oil prices began the day with a sharp drop before rebounding, and the sheer magnitude of China's economy and resources make it a critical player in road commerce. It's extremely central to the global economy, said Kerry Brown, an associate fellow in the Asia-Pacific program at Chatham House an international affairs institute in London. That uncertainty will have a massive impact on the rest of the world. China now surpasses all countries as the biggest importer of petroleum. It manufactured nearly 30% of the world's goods in 2021. There is simply no alternative to what China offers in terms of scale 
and capacities, Mr. Brown said. Delays and shortages related to the pandemic prompted many industries to reevaluate the resilience of their supply chains and consider additional sources of raw materials and workers. Apple, which recently announced that it expected sales to decline because of stoppages at its Chinese plants, is one of several tech companies that have shifted a small portion of their production to other countries like Vietnam or India. The tilt by some companies away from China predates the pandemic, reaching back to former President Donald J. Trump's determination to start a trade war with China, a move that resulted in a spiral of punishing tariffs. Yet, even if business and political leaders want to be less reliant on China, Mr. Brown said, the brute reality is that it's not going to happen soon, if at all. We shouldn't kid ourselves that we can quickly decouple, he added. China's size is a lure for American, European, and other companies looking not only to make products quickly and cheaply, but also to sell them in great numbers. There is simply no other market as big. Tesla, John Deere, and Volkswagen are among the companies that have bet on China for future growth. But they are likely to suffer some setbacks, at least in the short short run. And Volkswagen announced last week that its sales in China had stagnated this year, running 14% below expectations. The protests highlight the political risks associated with investing in China. But analysts say the recent wave doesn't reveal anything that investors didn't already know. Many investors will be looking ahead and positioning their portfolios now for the reopening, said Nigel Green, chief executive of DeVere Group, a financial advisory firm. They will be seeking to take advantage of the country's transition from an export economy to a consumption one, he added. Luxury brands continue to stake their future on the growth in China. As interconnected as the global economy is, one way in which China's slowdown may be helping other nations is by keeping down the price of energy. Over the last 20 years, the growth of the Chinese economy has been a primary driver of global demand for oil and hydrocarbons in general. Energy experts say rising numbers of COVID infections and growing doubts that China will ease restrictions in major cities are a major reason that oil prices have dropped over the last three weeks to levels last seen before the Russian invasion of Ukraine in late February. Chinese demand is the largest single factor in world oil demand, said David Goldwyn, a senior energy diplomat in the Obama administration. China is the swing demander. As the Chinese economy has softened in the grip of the COVID lockdown, fewer oil tankers have sailed into Chinese ports in recent weeks, forcing the major Middle Eastern and Russian oil producers to lower their prices. Now spreading protests create another uncertainty about future demand. Chinese oil demand is expected to average 15.1 million barrels a day this quarter, down from 15.8 million a year ago, according to Kepler, an analytics firm. As for supply chain disruptions, Neil Shearing, chief economist at Capital Economics, a research firm, said he thought excessive blame had been heaped on China. Everything has been framed around supply shortages, he said, but in China, industrial production increased during the pandemic. The problem was that global demand surged more. For now, the biggest economic impact will be within China rather than on the global economy. Sectors that depend on face-to-face contact, retail, hospitality, entertainment will take the biggest hit. 
Over the past three days, measures of people's movements have drastically fallen, Mr. Shring said. He added that more people were quarantined now than at the height of the Omicron epidemic last winter. The wave of infections and the government's response to it, not the protests, are what's having the biggest impact on Chinese, China's economy, he said. Like, feel free to give your thoughts on this, but this is actually going to be really brutal, right? Like, if China continues to push this zero-COVID policy, they might end up basically imploding themselves, regardless of how much they're basically taking over the road. If China isn't careful, like if the government is not careful in China, they will quite literally destroy themselves. And also, you got to keep in mind, too, what they've been doing with the financial sector is absolutely disgusting, too. Like there are people who had pensions where those pensions invested the funds into Chinese companies, which basically got their values completely wiped off the mat, right? And we're talking like hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars, just vanished instantaneously. So here's the thing. Personally, I would never invest money into China. Me personally, I would more so focus on the future of wherever that you're actually located in. So, like, for example, if you're in the UK and you plan on staying in the UK for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, maybe invest into the UK. If you live in the United States, maybe you should invest into the S&P 500, into the stock market, into basically the United States economy, right? But personally, I would not want to invest into the Chinese economy because the government is just so questionable. By the way, if you want to learn how to get out of debt and master your money, go down below or go to 40inbox.com and stay tuned for more news commentary and financial commentary.